You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLeroy.com. And again, welcome to you. Welcome on this this Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you, all mothers. You know, I'm, yeah, uh, just thinking everybody has a mom, don't they? That's a right statement. That's a true statement. So all of us have a mom. So thank you, moms, for what you have done and a way of saying thank you. I hope maybe you have gotten on early and seen the video on our Facebook page. Uh, I think it will make a link on our YouTube page probably later on because it's right now it's on George and Harrison's page, right? Is it on the YouTube? Yeah. Okay. And it's also, it's right on the Facebook. So somewhere down in those feeds you can find it. But George put together a video. We made a call out to the dad, say, can you send in uh, some videos of your kids? And man, it's precious. So dads, way to go. Thank you for doing that. Um, if you couldn't do that, dad, it's fine. Just uh, 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 other moms, please be gracious. Uh, it doesn't all work out well, but we're thankful for those videos that we got. And thank you for those that submitted. What a what a precious uh, video that is. So, and George, thank you for doing that. Appreciate your work on that and uh, do it, did well. So that's really neat. A um, couple other announcements before we get into the message for today and where we'll be at in Philippians. One of them, uh, these I've sent out in an email, but I'm just covering them in case some of you missed it. This summer, instead of VB, VBS, Carrie Scavel is working on doing a summer Bible club. It's going to run for eight weeks. Uh, Tuesday nights from 6.30 to 8, and the tentative start date is going to be June 16th. So we can pray for that, say, Lord, may we be able to meet on June 16th, and then kind of go through the summer with the last night on August 4th. So these Tuesday nights, uh, every every uh, Tuesday night here through the summer, and hopefully, but we've got in there, circumstances require we push it back, we'll let you know. Um, but there's two main goals, and I appreciate carries hard on this. One is to build lasting relationships with kids inside and outside our church body. And I think having it weekly is going to be a neat way to do that. Um, And I believe it's not in here, but I believe it's going to be at the park. It's not going to be uh, right here at our church. If we can, if we can run that and do that. And also then second goal is to present solid Bible teaching through simple lessons. They're going to be going through the, a Romans road trip using the five verses of the Romans road to teach kids about Jesus, why they need him. So we're looking for helpers. Uh, Carrie's got down here three to four helpers each week. We'd love to be inundated with volunteers who say, I would love to be part of that for this summer. I, I can spare a Tuesday night uh, to reach out to the kids in our community and around us. So hopefully you'd be willing to do that. If so, let Carrie know. Um, if you need her contact info, you can text or email that me that. I can get that to you or text her directly if you have her information in the church directory, let her know. We, we, do, I, I, we know the dates. It's tentative. We're hoping, but there's some planning that needs to take place so you can help carry out early by saying, hey, I can count me in. I can do this. Um, and it's really, if you're a helper, it's really not much more, I, I think, than just coming and being part of that. Yeah, not committing to a lot of advanced work, just being there on Tuesday nights. There's another opportunity as well coming up July 11th. We're looking ahead for uh, to help out with a ministry we support, Children's Vision. They have a warehouse over in Bangor, Wisconsin. And so July 11th, Carrie's kind of leading a, a group over there to help out with some projects and uh, preparing donations to ship to Columbia where they minister. 
maybe some cleaning maintenance around the warehouse. So again, Carrie Scavels, the contact on that. If you're interested, say July 11th. Um, I don't know what day that is, but uh, let her know. We also have a couple of high school seniors uh, connected with our church. That was on the, the email that sent out Mariah Kiefer and um, Ethan Wilkes. Um, Mariah says heading to Viterbo University in La Crosse this next fall. Ethan heading to the Army May 18th. So congratulations to you. Sorry, this has been a senior year unlike any other, hasn't it? But uh, proud of you and congratulations and yeah. Uh, if you want to send that along to them, you uh, would encourage you as a church body to do that as well. Once again, thank you for sending in your your offerings to the church or directly to Brandon. Um, thank you again for taking the step to do that. If you would like to do that, um, again, feel free to just mail it to the church, P.O. Box 428. Make sure you got the right numbers. Um, Leroy, uh, Minnesota, 55951 is our zip code here in town. Um, you can send that in, and we appreciate that in advance. And also, what's next? What's my other announcement? I bet all the family can answer this. Zoom meetings. We've got two of them, again, still going this week. I keep stepping on this cord here. Sorry about that. So, uh, Tuesday afternoons, 3 o'clock is the ladies' tea time. You can get a hold of Hannah, my wife, if you're interested in doing that, ladies. Wednesday nights at 6, prayer, fellowship, still going through John Piper's book, Coronavirus and Christ. And so I would invite you, if you've not been part of that, don't feel like, man, I, I should have started that weeks ago. We would love to have you. Even, even if it's just for a few more weeks, we don't, we don't know, hopefully, or, or less than that. But uh, we'd love to see your faces and um, see you all. All right. Well, I think that's my, that's my announcement sheet this morning. I invite you to find a scripture, find a Bible electronically or, or one in your lap. Find a Bible and turn to Philippians 2. Philippians 2. I will be starting in verse 14 again, but we're really, we kind of just started into this passage last week, and, and now we'll just look at the bulk of it this week. Philippians 2, 14 through 18 is where will be at. Uh, sorry if you sent in a picture. I didn't get I did check the mail yesterday, but I don't have a picture of the week, so we're passing that. If Again, kids, if you're interested, use the same address, P.O. Box 428. Send me in a picture, to, and we, we've just been putting them all. We've just been showing them all on these Sundays, and we appreciate when you kids do that. Kids, listen along for things that you hear even here. We'd just love to have you kids part of this time together. So I want you to try to glean. Sometimes I'll use some big words, sometimes not. Try to glean out, kids, what you can from the passage and what we're going to be uh, reading. Well, hopefully you found Philippians 2. I'm going to start in verse 14, where we were last week, and then read through verse 18. And look at that as well. All right, it says, let's listen to God's word here. Do all things without grumbling or questioning that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, 
I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Having read God's word, let's go to the Lord in prayer, seek his help for our lives and for the message of what he has for us today. Lord, I thank you again for this time to gather uh, via the cables of internet together with our church family. Lord, we do want to just pause and say thank you. Thank you for the way that we have been able to connect over uh, these, well, now now month, over a month, Lord, and, and times like this. And we just thank you for this. And Father, we just uh, ask that you would just work uh, within this time. May your Holy Spirit guide us, guide us to listen uh, to your word. I pray that what's said here, Lord, what's just said of man, what needs to just fall, that it would just fall on the ground, but what's said of you, um, what's lasting, Lord, would be picked up in our ears and in our, in our eyes. May we see you more. Lord, help us to run the race. Help us to not labor in vain. And Lord, we need you for, for this day, and we need you now, even with all the distractions that Facebook offers us and the world offers us and the distractions even around our own homes. Lord, we just pray for an undistracted time that we could think about your word. Hear from Paul what you've inspired him to put down in your holy scriptures. And so guide our time. Lord, guide our people as well. Strengthen them through this. Uh, Help us to listen well. And we commit this time in in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this passage here, Philippians 2, and really the latter part of it where we're going to be at, it's one of those passages, I believe, that speaks to mission. I think it's speaking towards Paul's mission and then also your mission. What's our mission? And so it's kind of one of those passages. What are we to be about? And I just continue to be amazed as we go through the Scriptures week by week, the time of God's Word. Last week, do not grumble in all things. Uh, do all things without grumbling. This week, here we are, Mother's Day 2020. And here we are in Philippians, the last part of really a paragraph in the ESV, verses 16 through 18. And today, mothers, you may be way encouraged this morning. Your kids were up early. They've already run into your room and said, Happy Mother's Day. We love you. And yet, perhaps some of you are pretty discouraged today in your mothering. And it's been hard, and you're feeling like you've been running and laboring and maybe feeling worn out or, or like Paul just poured out with maybe little return. I hope this passage offers some encouragement for the journey in this way. And again, I know it's Mother's Day and you might have mothers in mind, but dads, husbands, single men, single women, kids, as you're listening to this, listen in. What, what might God speak to your heart through his through his word this morning. And so I hope the encouragement here for this journey is this, to help you moms and all all of us really to refocus on what we're truly running and laboring for. We want to kind of, we need this, don't we? Almost daily, right? Almost minute by minute, refocus. What is my labor? What am I running for? What's this race for? There's only so many days and there's only so many hours and so we want to be wise with, with how we run, with what we work for, what we pour ourselves out for. 
And I think God's word today gives, gives us a joyful call today to run and labor for that which will truly satisfy. By way of review, just to look at where we were last week, some of you picked up last week. For others, it was glitchy and you had to depart, and that's just fine. Hopefully, it's going better today. But last week, we looked at Paul's command, this clear command. We don't have to go, what would a scholar think about this very, very much, do we? Just do all things without grumbling or questioning. Really, don't complain. Don't be discontent. Be content refrain from wrong-headed disputing or arguing or even to question God and his ways. When we, we ultimately said, we said ultimately grumbling is really against the Lord, kind of a lack of belief in what God has and what he said, what he's doing. And, and grumbling, and if we take the ESV that talks about questioning as well, it's, it's really to make ourselves God and to say, the grumble is saying, my will be done. I want this to be done. I don't want God's will. It's not thy will be done. It's my will be done. I want to look at life. This is the way I want to look at it. It's it's my way. And yet, those who are not grumblers or who are content, trusting God in his ways, what are they going to do? The passage said it. They're going to shine like stars in the universe or lights, lights in the world, among whom you shine as lights in the world in the midst of the darkness of a crooked or twisted generation. The world even infects our church at large, that those who refrain from grumbling shine, and they shine bright. Well, then we ended in the first part of verse 16, which I really, again, still feel like it it just forms the hinge point of of this passage. Verses 14 and 15 kind of flowing into it. This first part of verse 16 holding fast to the word. So kind of do things without grumbling, shine as lights, and the means holding fast to the word. And then, and then our verses 17 through 18 kind of looking back on this, this holding fast to the word of life. And this word of life we defined as the gospel, but I think even more specifically Christ, Christ himself, concluding that the means to defeat the grumbling and the questioning is to let go of our hold on this world and what it has to be for us And hold fast to the Lord Jesus himself. Hold fast to that word of life, the Lord of this world. Well, this week, we start from this foundation of holding fast to the word of life, holding fast to Christ. And then listen to Paul plead for this with with an eye on the, he's looking at the eye with an eye to the coming day of Christ. So look at verse 16 as now we examine the rest of the passage. Verse 16, holding fast to the word of life, so that, kind of purpose, why? What? So that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. We now find Paul here again in the day of Christ, speaking of the day of Christ. This is the, the third time in this letter of Philippians that he's mentioned this. The first time you could uh, look with me, first was in chapter 1, verse 6, where he said, and I'm Sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, that is God, will bring it to completion when? At the day of Jesus Christ. There's that hopeful, hopeful verse. God that has done the good work, that has begun the good work, he's going to bring it to completion. Even though, as we just looked at a couple weeks ago, work out your salvation. We're just reading in James, just was it uh, 
this morning, I believe. Faith without works is dead. That idea of working out our salvation. But, but to take heart here, God is at work in you to bring it to completion, his salvation at the day of Jesus Christ. We see it again as we get to uh, chapter 1, verse 10. Paul's prayer for the love of them to abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. What? Verse 10, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And then verse 16, where we're at in chapter 2, Paul desires his boast, or the ESV says, so that I may be proud in the day of Christ. The day of the Lord, day of Christ, it's a day, I think, both to be feared, but that's one aspect of it, for man's secrets will be exposed and judged on that particular day. Romans 2.16 speaks of this day of Christ. It says, when according to my gospel, Paul says, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. 2 Peter 3.10 speaks of this day. It calls it the day of the Lord and says this, it will come like a thief and then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. What we thought our works were hidden and we just did in a closet somewhere. We thought God could not see. They will be exposed. There's a sense of fear for this day of Christ in, in a right sense. But it's also a day to show God's completed work. What we looked at with verse chapter 1, verse 6, that God's going to complete that work. He who began a good work will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Paul says these great words, 1 Corinthians 1.8, that the Lord Jesus Christ, he will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's great hope for the believer on this day. There's reward. Paul says, 2 Timothy 4.8, Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. The Erdman's Bible Dictionary defines the day of the Lord like this. It's the time of the decisive visitation of Yahweh when he intervenes to punish the wicked, deliver and exalt the faithful remnant who worship him and establish his own rule. Both judgment and salvation are especially prominent aspects. You've got these two, judgment and salvation. So Paul having this day of Christ in mind, this day of reckoning and judgment and yet reward for those in Christ, he's looking to this day as really the final day that's going to truly weigh out kind of his ministry. And his desire is to boast on this day, to be proud. Well, to be proud that he didn't run or run or labor in vain. So we might ask, well, isn't it wrong for Paul to be proud? I mean, we're not supposed to be prideful. We're supposed to be humble. Some translations might say um, that it's my, my boast on that day of Christ. That idea, the boasting, the pride. Is that okay for Paul? Well, context is so helpful. Again, look back at chapter 1, verse 25. Again, I see some similarities with these two verses, 1, 25 through 26. Some similarities here. And listen to Paul uh, there. He's been 
Paul here, just quick context. He's been wrestling, we looked at before, with the fact it's better to depart and be with Christ. That's better, but he's going to remain for the sake of the Philippians. And he says this in verse 25. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, which sounds like our passage for Paul's desire for them to hold fast to the word of life, like, like hold fast to your faith, hold fast to Christ, kind of a labor for that. And then verse 26, so that, so that in me, in Paul, you who he's laboring for, these that he's working for their progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory or boast in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Christ's glory, and we're not surprised with this with Paul, right? For to me to live is Christ. So again, that's Christ's glory is the purpose of Paul. So back in chapter 2, verse 16, what would make Paul proud? What would, how would he be able to boast? Paul's boast is if those whom he has labored for are boasting not in Paul, but in Christ. I think Paul's boast, it's, it's certainly, it's not himself. His boast is that on the day of Christ, those whom he's labored for, he's run for, are those who have held fast to Christ. So when Paul sees others on that day of Christ, holding fast, having held fast to Christ, then Paul's labor, it's not been in vain, but it's been accomplished for the furthering of the glory of Christ, the glory of God. So then we can also conclude this about this vain running, so it's not been in vain or labored in vain, and we conclude this about that. That vain running and laboring is really to see people only temporarily happy for today, comforted only for the moment and not to hold fast to Christ until that day, just temporary. My duty as a minister In fact, yours as well, with the people entrusted to your care, it's a call for us to labor for that which will last. This world, though it can feel like it some days, like this is our home, this is where it's at, and we can long, boy, we hope, you know, we can almost long for it, long to get back to normal. Do you have that longing these days, this longing for things to just get back to normal? Again, let me just encourage you, take it, beyond this world. This is not our home. And that longing to be normal, we want to have just how much greater longing for the day of Christ to be with our Savior forever. That type of longing. And so what will last forever? Souls of men and Christ and his word. So we want to labor for those things. So I want to ask you specifically, mothers or fathers, what are you or elders, husbands, wives, what are you running for? What are you laboring for in those that God has entrusted to your care? Moms, in particular, on this day, and I hope this is a word of hope to you, you you may want to have that house that looks like Joanna Gaines decorated it, just, just really nice, really perfect. You may want to be known as the best mom. You want that badge on you. Well, what's the best mom? It's the mom who fears God and labors that her children would hold fast to Christ.
I'm going to give you just a, a higher calling than what your house, what your life, what your work tells you you are. To fear God and to labor that others and children or others in your life would hold fast to Christ. It's got nothing to do with how creative you are with your kids. Dads, for you, it's got nothing to do with how manly you are or that you've taught your sons to play basketball, although that's good, or you've taught them to fish, or all those sorts of things. Those are not wrong things, but it's a labor like Paul. I think he describes in Galatians 4.19. He says, Galatians 4.19, My little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth, until Christ is formed in you. To set our eyes beyond what this world says, this is important. This is labor. This is worth it. And I'm not saying all those things are they're not bad, but to just set our eyes on something higher, a higher calling of labor that Christ may be formed in our children, our kids, in your lives, that Christ will be formed in your life. Well, before we all jump on board, hopefully you do and say, yes, labor for my kids, absolutely. I want them to know Christ. Good idea. I'm going to start today. I want you to look at verse 17, both a joy-filled proclamation of Paul, and yet at the same time, this is a very sobering verse, I think, to bring us back to the reality of the call to labor. It is no fun and games. Look at verse 17. Paul says, Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with you all. It's short enough verse. I'll read it again. Even if I'm to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with you all. Paul takes a step further, I believe, here than running and laboring. And he now brings up this idea, even if. I mean, it's one thing to run and labor, but I think that the even if takes us to Paul's, his ultimate love and willingness to care for the beloved Philippians, to care for these these dear ones, to Paul, to be willing for him to be poured out as a drink offering for the sacrifice and service of their faith. And I realize here, Paul's using, he's got these words in here, sacrifice, offering. I appreciate what one dictionary offered, a succinct kind of definition of sacrifice. And we hear in here these Old Testament Levitical sacrifices going on. Here's how they define it. Uh, of the sacrifice, I think in terms of the Old Testament, the physical elements the worshiper brings to the deity to express devotion, thanksgiving, or the need for forgiveness. So in sacrifice, there's both worship, there's, there's adoration, there's a, a giving what is precious to show God, Lord, you're most precious. There's thanksgiving, involved in the sacrifice. And there's also an offering to atone or cover for sins committed against God. Now, Paul here, he's speaking spiritually. And I don't think he's offering, he's not, himself to atone for their sins. So what is he saying? Well, he compares himself, even if I'm to be poured out as a drink offering. Drink offering. And this was in the history of the sacrificial system an offering of wine, certain measurement of it that was made, and I believe is made along with other offerings, like the burnt offering or the peace offering. I, I don't think we see the drink offering as, as a standalone Old Testament sacrifice, but one resource I read said it accompanies other offerings. Isn't that unique how Paul 
maybe he's got that in mind as he's using this. So if, if the drink offering then, if he's got that in mind, if it accompanies other offerings, I think we can see here that Paul's sacrifice, this pouring out his life really, accompanies the offering of the Philippians in their service and sacrifice of living their lives to God. You catch all that? That's maybe a little confusing. Perhaps you might think here, maybe this will help. Think of the call of believers from Paul in Paul's own words himself from Romans 12, 1 through 2. Remember Romans 12, 1 through 2? Maybe many of you have it memorized. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. So having presented the gospel to them, the greatness of justification by faith in Christ, who he is, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Which, which just stopping there, sounds a lot like verse 15 in Philippians, that you may be blameless, innocent children of God without blemish. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. I'll finish it. Verse 2 in Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I think Paul's longing is that their lives, these Philippians, be an offering to the Lord, a living sacrifice. And so it is interesting with with verse 15 here that Paul uses this language of sacrifice. You've got it there, without blemish, that you may be without blemish. He's Paul is this pouring out drink offering coming alongside them that are, that are offering their bodies as living sacrifices to the Lord. And he's saying, I want to see you without blemish. I want to see you walking with the Lord, holy, in, uh, innocent, acceptable to God. It's your spiritual worship. So Paul's pouring out for their spiritual worship, I think we could say. And so they're called to live these lives in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. So Paul's willing to be poured out, either, either here, and I'm not sure, with all his energy, kind of just this, this spent, kind of to be spent for them. Maybe it's just, it's literally, I mean, Paul's in prison here. It's just a pouring out. I'm, I'm ready to give up my life. Imagine that. His labor for them was to give his life That's how much he loved them and wanted to see Christ formed in them and for them to hold fast in Christ. Either way, it's for the sake of the faith of the Philippians. So Paul, in essence, basically, even if my life is poured out for you, really for you to hold fast by faith to Christ, then I'm I'm willing to do this. And in fact, I'm glad to. You see the calling of labor? It's one thing, I think, to, to labor and run for others, but to pour our life and again, we're, not, we're given no guarantee of the results. If you pour in, you pour in, they'll pour out. There is a reaping and sowing, that idea, but there is no guarantee, and we trust the Lord for what, where he takes our own children. When we dedicate our kids here, we say, we just trust you. Again, thy will be done. But for Paul, this pouring out for them is a glad pouring. He says, I'm glad and rejoice with you all. This is not Paul kind of bemoaning the fact, yeah, 
I got to care again for the Philippians. Or he's just complaining. Do you know how hard it is to be an apostle? You know, or do you know what kind of day I've had? (laughs) I think of that in there. He is willing to be poured out. Whatever that means, spent his energy to die. I think if need be, that they would hold fast to Christ. And he's willing to do it gladly. I'm glad. And I rejoice with you all. Why? I think because he's seeing Christ formed in them. So then, verse 18, what does Paul charge them to do? I mean, based on his own desire to not run or labor in vain, even to the point of maybe offering up his very life, he's going to be gladly poured out. And so what does he do for the Philippians? He calls, he charges them in verse 18. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. That's Paul's charge. Do you see what I'm doing? Follow my example. Here's the the indicative, if you will. I am glad. I am rejoicing with you. So imperatively, command, so you be glad. Rejoice with me. Commanded gladness. But Consider the context. Where's the other command in the context? It's at the first verse. It's verse 14. What's Paul's first command? Do all things without grumbling or questioning. What's the last command? Be glad and rejoice. I don't think it's a mistake that these two form the bookends of this passage. And in the middle, there's the holding fast to the word of life. And so I think the call here, replace the grumble with gladness. And Paul sets the example. His ultimate joy is not this world but living for Christ. And his desire, in fact, his glad offering of himself to the Philippians is that they too would hold fast to the word of life. They'd offer themselves as a living sacrifice for the one who gave his life for them. So the call today, mothers and everyone else listening, here's the call. Joyfully labor so that others might hold fast to Christ by faith, even if it means being poured out to death. Joyfully labor, joyfully be poured out for others, that they would hold fast to Christ. And I think this call involves two, I mean, there's much more, but just I just think of two things that this call um, involves. Number one, in order to labor and joyfully labor for others, means something. What It means we must know Christ. You must know Jesus. You cannot pour out what you do not have. Each one of us, each one of you must hold fast to the word of life, to Christ. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, maybe you've just come across Facebook this morning, you've got this far in the sermon, you're amazed that you've even listened to this point, and you don't know him as your Savior. I want you to know this about Jesus. Ultimately, his lifeblood was poured out so that sinners might come to him and have life. Isaiah 53, 12 says this, in part, it says that Christ poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Today, do you realize that's who you are, transgressor against a holy God? Some of these verses like, be holy, be innocent, be blameless. 
We've got to, if we're honest, we've got to look at those and go, that is, that's not me. I'm full of blame. If, if, if I'm to be exposed on that day of Christ, he's going to see everything, and he's going to see I've not loved him, I've not worshipped the Lord, I've worshipped me. I've acted rudely, angrily, I've hated with my heart, which Jesus calls murder. I'm a sinner. If you realize that, realize Christ has been poured out for that sin. It's what he did on the cross. All of us are in sin. There's no earthly sacrifice. They're only a shadow of the true sacrifice, the true lamb, the true unblemished lamb who would go to the cross. And it's only his blood that can wash away our sins. I call to you, would you today repent, confess, Lord, I am a sinner. Jesus, I need you to wash me and forgive me of my sin. Be my Lord. I want to follow you. Encourage you towards that today. If you know Christ, you said, I've known him. I know Jesus. Today, would you hold fast to him? You know the little tune? On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. There is no other rock to stand on than Christ. Mothers, hold fast to Christ today. There is no other rock. Number two, so must know Christ. Number two, joyfully be poured out that others might know and hold fast to Christ. Joyfully be poured out. It's not a sin to labor that our children would grow in knowledge, that we want our kids to grow in a skill or make good grades or excel in something. Kids, I'm not telling your moms to let your grades go or just let this, it's okay. But if that's our only labor just for what's this life, then I think it's a labor in vain. We're not talking result. We're talking your, you and I, our labor, a vain labor if it's only for this life. Can I encourage you, and again, for my own soul as well, is to joyfully, joyfully, without grumbling. Parents, we're good at this. We can grumble. Oh, how hard we have it. Oh, my. We have a Savior. We have a Lord who helps us. We have his word to guide us. To joyfully labor for the souls around you. Maybe it's, it's your own children. Maybe it's those God has put closely in your care around you, maybe a neighbor, to labor on in the joy that they may hold fast to the word of life, Jesus Christ. We only have so many days and so many hours, and another hour is just about gone. I want you to be wise with how you run, what you work for. And I think God's word gives us that joyful call today to run and labor to be poured out for that which will truly, in the end and for eternity, satisfy Jesus Christ. Let me pray. Father, our heads and our knowledge, our our minds can just say, sure, I'll labor for Christ. That sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a mission. And yet we recognize, Lord, that Paul's language here of pouring out, I don't think that's light language. It's heavy. And so, Lord, it's a heavy calling. And yet you choose to use these treasures in jars of weak pots, as Dave Harvey calls them, 
weak clay for your glory so that your power may be seen in us. And I pray, Lord, especially today for the moms that are feeling like pretty weak pots today. Lord, may they labor and continue on getting up in the night, getting up early, serving sometimes with no grateful hearts, serving where it is hard. May they serve and not labor in vain, but labor that others around them may see Christ in them and may grow in Christ themselves. Lord, we trust you with the results of this. Lord, you ultimately determine and own the hearts of every one of us. We cannot change children or those that we care for, those that we long for to see Christ in. And so we pray for your work in their lives. Guide us, Lord, in, what, in, the, in the commands and the directions you've given us. Oh, Lord, keep us from grumbling and complaining and a discontentedness with our life. You have given us abundantly, abundantly, Lord, especially in this country. Lord, may we not grumble. May we hold fast to the word of life and then labor in joy for others to hold fast to the word of life. We ask this in your name. You've been listening to Bethany Radio, a production of Bethany Bible Church in Leroy, Minnesota.